Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I did do at least. <laughs> Thanks, David. You've just let me down massively on this, the shortest day of the year. So I know, very we, exciting. It is very exciting because potentially later today we will see a conjunction <gasps> of Jupiter. Jupiter and Saturn. Yeah, half past four this afternoon. Is that right? Half First time four. in 800 years. Won't happen again for another 50 years at least. And it will be a bright, bright light in the evening sky, which is something we really need, seeing as I'm now locked down in Tier 4 in the UK. I need a bright light in my life. Friday, though. Lisa. Feeling very wintry. We had a whole blizzard of news. Yeah, Colin. but Lisa, Lisa, the bright light in your life, that's me. That's me, darling. <laughs> I'm the bright light in your life. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Do you want me to put that light down, Lisa? Should I turn that light off? It's Christmas time, Lisa. It's Christmas time. It's time for a little bit of cheer and festivity and just, you well, know, loving you and all the rest. Don't you start singing Colin Clark. No, <laughs> please don't start singing. Anyway. He, thre- he threatened that on the last podcast, oh, but um, David year. put him firmly in his place. But, yeah, let's let's get seasonal and talk about Blizzard because there was a blizzard of WRC news towards the end of the week. And Yari Matti Latvala will start with uh, the news surrounding the Mighty Finn. Yeah, big news, wasn't it? I mean, it, it it really wasn't. I don't think, certainly in the couple of days leading up to that, you know, just about everybody, apart from George, Lise, yourself, Colin and I, had been seen in a vascular walking in and out of, <laughs> of, of Tommy, Tommy's place. Well, even, um, even even someone's cigars had been apparently smelled, wasn't it? Prevero, Carlo Prevero, someone had smelled his cigar smoke in Oh, my God, Colin. I mean, it was getting to the point of being quite ridiculous. But yeah, ultimately we, we found out it was Yari Matty. Yari Matty Lavala is the new team principal replacing Tommy Mackinnon at Toyota Gazoo Racing. And to put Amazing. it into the wider management structure, um, Kai Lindstrom will maintain uh, authority, if you like, over the, the sporting side. He's the sporting director. Um, and Tom Fowler is the technical director. Um, so that, you know, they, they, that's the the kind of top table, if you like, now. Uh, obviously, Tommy has gone to become Toyota's motorsport advisor. Um, and Haruna-san, of course, is, pro- uh, is project, uh, I think, project director. Mm. Uh, that's that's his his title. So uh, Japanese influence in there as well, obviously. So, so yeah, it's those, between those four, uh, they will decide the strategy and, and the way that uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing continues in, in the World Rally Championship. It was a massive, massive surprise, David. You know, as you say, lots and lots of names mentioned. You know, we, we talked to Latvala during the summer and we, mm. we put that very question to him. You know, if the opportunity came along, would you be interested? And clearly he did say he would be interested, but 
even he said it's probably too early. It's probably too early. You know, how, how do you go from a driver straight into the position as team boss? I mean, it has happened in the past. Malcolm's done it. You know, yeah, absolutely. Malcolm, Malcolm did it, and you know, probably at a, at a fairly similar age. And I, I, Malcolm didn't want to go into his forties, did he? As a as a driver, I think I can't remember exactly, but you know, I think what we need to do here is we need to keep this in context that Yeri Matilavala has, as I was saying there, he has no management experience. Um, he he psychologically, you could argue that he's not the strongest guy uh, in the pack. But what they've got with Yari Mati Latvala is somebody that Akio Toyota, the president of Toyota Motor Corporation, identified with immediately. And for me, this is exactly why Yari Mati is now in the position that he's in. Because when Toyota first met him in 2014 or 15 or whenever it was, immediately Yari Mati was talking about you know his his history of driving Celicas and Corollas and and. Toyota-san saw the passion in Yarimati's eyes, and that's what he wants. That he wants a figurehead, somebody at the at the top of that uh, of that team that can go out there and people can relate to. And basically, you know, he, that for me is what he will be. He will be a figurehead. I can't imagine that he's going to take a huge amount of influence in the kind of strategic decisions over where the team goes. He will, of course, have some development time in the car, but they've still got Yuho Hananen, who is you know clearly. <laughs> A, a superb test driver, you know, the, the, the Yaris WRC is testament to that. Um, and what, what Yari Matti can bring, uh, as I said in my in my piece last week, you know, he's been competing in the WRC for so long, for 17 years or something. You know, he has got incredible depth of knowledge and data in his mind. And, and unlike you and I, Colin, and I couldn't say George and, and Lise, he can actually retrieve that. He can remember stuff, which yeah. is which is something that we can't do <laughs> these days. That's so it's, quite, um, it's, it's, it's quite unusual for a driver to have that level of retention and detail yeah. at his fingertips. Mm. Normally, the, the, the drivers will refer a little bit to their co-drivers, uh, a, a little yeah. bit at least. But Yari, Yari's tremendous. I was hoping I would see him driving again, but I'm totally delighted for him. And let's be honest, the heritage of drivers running uh, running rally teams, drivers and co-drivers running rally teams, John Todd, uh, Uwe Anderson, Andrew Cowan, of course, Malcolm Wilson. Mm. Uh, I suppose if you go back to to other lesser teams, which we'll, we'll not even bother doing that. Those are those are those are uh, three of the uh, three or four of the big ones there, and, that, and that's enough. You know, Yari Matti is going to do a great job. He'll make a great contribution. You're part of a team. You know, any any shortfalls he's got in management skills are more than made up for by the rest of the team and the structure of the team. And remember, Gazoo Racing now effectively has encompassed Cologne, the, the old Toyota Team Europe headquarters and the Formula One team, albeit denuded somewhat. Uh, they've got their little base in Estonia. Or they've got the big new base. It's, it's no longer, you can't really call it Tommy's place. It's not the farm up mm. at Pupola. It's now some massive facility just to the south of Yavaskala. So, you know, it's a great depth of experience and great people there. So Yari Mati will be the, the catalyst and he'll be the driving force. You need somebody in there that is that is questioning when, when someone says, well, we'll do this. You need somebody in there that says, hang on, is that enough? Why don't we do this extra thing? We, we did this in the past. Why don't we do that? Someone to just say, oh, well, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll go that extra little bit. You need somebody to push these teams all the time. You need someone to say, let's just do that extra little bit of test. We've got a car sitting there. Let's go and do it. That's what makes a difference between First and second. Simple as but that. Can but I George... ask a question, though? Is, is Yari Matty too nice? Because the... sometimes you need a management setup. You need, you can have really fantastic, lovely, personable people in charge, as so long as they've got a Rottweiler to 
be mm. the enforcer. He can be he can be the Rottweiler without being the Rottweiler because he'll come up with the suggestions and the ideas, and and he doesn't need to force the issue. He's got people around him that will force the issue. You know, he's dropping in an idea. People need to listen. He's the team principal. I think we need to do another test. So people need to go and find the other test, not just say, well, yeah, it's a little bit difficult. We don't want to do it. The guys are on holiday this week. No, we need to go and test. This is a rally team. Holidays hey, unfortunately are second. Yes. Yes, here's the thing. Here's the Tell thing. Me. You know, I, what is interesting is that the Latval appointment is similar to the Makinen appointment. It's built on that personal relationship that David talked about with Akio Toyoda. And Akio Toyoda is without any question one of the most astute, successful businessmen anywhere in the world. The, the guy has rarely made a corporate mistake in his life. He didn't make a mistake with Tommy, although a lot of people questioned it. And he probably hasn't made a mistake with Latvala. But they are two polar opposite types of people. You talk about the need for a Rottweiler. Well, you know, the Mackinnon brand, that was brand Rottweiler at times, by, by all accounts. You know, the, the actual management style, although they, you know, they've been put in place in the same type of process by, by Toyota-san, you know, the style will be enormously different. And, and for me, that's, that's the biggest danger. You know, you're taking what is actually a very, very successful operation that, that's developed a culture, and it's a culture of its own, whether you like that culture or not, you know, that doesn't matter at the end of the day because Colin, it was a success. Colin. George, but George, yeah. it was a successful culture. You're now yeah. potentially changing that culture. And that for me would be really the only worry that it might take a little while, a little while for that to adapt. Colin, I, I understand what you're saying, but, but, but remember, the team has already changed. The, the changes have been made now. It is now... The, 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 the small Tommy Mackinnon racing Gazoo team has gone. It's been absorbed by the bigger, the bigger uh, organism. And yes, there is a danger that you'll lose that drive and that, and, and that uh, keenness and that determination and that single-minded uh, devil-may-care attitude that we're going to do this no matter how, many, how, many, how inconvenient it is for so many people. And with a bigger corporation, that's always the, the case. But remember, Toyota haven't co-opted this into... into Toyota Motor Corporation, they've co-opted it into Gazoo Racing, which is a much smaller operation designed to be able to react to these things. That's the ethos is there. So hopefully, and, and I'm sure Haruna-san um, will, will, uh, will understand that very well, and he'll drive his people, you know, as the project leader, he'll be telling Yari, go out there and make sure we've got everything we need, Yari. And Yari will go out there and he'll look and it's well, why haven't we got weather crews here? I would like to see a more here and, and a little bit extra testing. Hang on, the conditions are changing. The tyre rules are maybe going to change a little bit here. Kai, they'll give them the insights into that. Yeah, I think they're well equipped to do it. Of course, it's a time of change, but um, it, as long as you realise you've changed, you need to. You need. You still need to drive in there. I don't think you need the Rottweiler character. What you you can do it with is cold, determined knowledge, intelligence, and application. Uh, the determined application is the sort of Rottweiler aspect, and you do need that. I know that when I, when I think back to my time as a team manager, all the all the really great wins we had was when I was behaving, as you might say, like a Rottweiler. I think I was just being determined uh, when mm -hmm. I was pushing pushing everyone around me. And yes, it does work, you know, and I mean, uh, uh, you do need that. Uh, so, and, and I'm, but, you know, Yari, Yari wants to win. I'm sure that you'll see quite a determined Yari in there, and, I, and I'm convinced he'll do a great job. 
But equally, you know, how much of a, a, a Rottweiler do we need when we've got people, you know, like Sebastian Ogier and Elvin Evans, two very sort of senior exactly, drivers exactly. in, in, in yeah. there, you know, they're, they're, and and they and Kali Rovampera and uh, Takemoto Katsuta will find themselves pulled along by, certainly for another year. I'm not sure, David, that that's where you need to look. Let's drop this Rottweiler analogy because mm. no one wants to be a Rottweiler. But where, where we're looking at perhaps being a little harder, a little tougher, Perhaps that's not where the focus of that toughness is. What, how did you describe it, George? The what was the phrase you used? You said it was your well, focus, the, determination, didn't you? It, um, the, fo- the focus that, and, and the professionalism. It, it people come. around you that need to know yeah. that know what they're doing, that that can well, envisage and see all the see all yeah. the variables. Monty's so Monty's the biggest maybe, event left for that these days. But it's maybe not the drivers we're talking about here. Maybe it's the it's the it is the, the development processes, the engineering side of things. Maybe that is where. Uh, you know, that slightly tougher Latvala might need to come. I, I don't have many concerns about Yari Mati. I, I think it's really, really interesting. And I, and I honestly think there are probably more positives in the appointment of Latvala than, than think, you could potentially argue. Yeah. I think he I'd will, like Josh. I think he will. I think I'd... what it brings to the team is, is relevance as well. It brings relevant experience. Sorry, not relevance. Relevant experience. You know, Mackinnon and Lindstrom, fantastically successful pairing nearly two decades ago. Latvala has that current experience to deal with Yeah, he's, with just, he's just got out of the cars, hasn't he? just yeah. got out of yeah. the cars. Yeah. He knows the cars. But David, I'm, I'm going to put a question to you, David. Do you mind? No. Did you have a really good point? Because <laughs> I'm going to put a question to you. What concerns me, my only concern, really is my only concern, and George, you touched on it earlier. I think, David, you touched on it as well. You know, management by committee rarely works in WRC. You know, the last time we saw it falling apart really was Subaru. Where yep. there was no, no one in charge, no particular person in charge. Well, it might have been Lapworth, it might have been Richards, it might have been Solberg. Um, Solberg, Solberg, mm. a lot of the time, yep. you know, and it, and, it, and it destroyed that team. They pulled themselves apart. I'm not convinced, David, that management by committee is a great way forward. I think there has to be an absolute decision maker there, and is that absolute? But decision who was? So who was back? that decision maker last year at Toyota? Well, it was It was No, I, I. <laughs> Ultimately, I think he made the right decisions. He put the foundations in place. But increasingly, I think those decisions were made by Fowler and, and Lindstrom. And I think they still will be. Okay. Because, you know, at times we saw, you know, Tommy didn't go to all of the, the manufacturers' meetings uh, for, for whatever reason, you know. But he was maybe late arriving in a, at an event or something. I don't know. Uh, but increasingly, we had seen um, that the sort of seat of power within the team, if you like, moving uh, a little bit that that was one that was the point I was going to make that you know to, to question exactly how much of an authoritarian or you know how autocratic was Tommy Mackinnon I don't think he really was um, at all so you know for me I think we as I said earlier we need to keep it in context I can't see that Yari Matty will be making big strategic decisions you know he'll, he'll work with Haruna-san in Japan and Sporting side Kai and and technical side Tom and he'll be there you know for the drivers to talk to Ogier you know he will I'm sure Sebastian would be slightly bemused by the by the move uh, of this guy who's younger than him coming in to become his boss but you know it's a massively different scenario to when they're at Volkswagen essentially competing within the same team now they're pulling 100 percent in the same direction. <coughs> yeah. So I, I How suppose... hilarious do you think it is as well, though? The, 
we're now talking about a team principal that we saw as a teenage driver in the forests of Wales. Yeah. I'm feeling really suddenly very, very old and also looking at, um, you know, young Oliver Solberg, who used to be around Petter's feet. I, I'm feeling so old with Yari Matty's appointment. And like you said, totally, Lise. And uh, with, with Oliver as well, you know, that was the other very, very big news from, from Friday, I think, again. It had started to to be talked about quite a lot on social media, but it was still quite a surprise when 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 it was announced that he was going to Hyundai Motorsport for two. Or, or was it? You know, I, I think I was kind of envisaging that you know Skoda has had these programs with these young guys like Calais, Rovenpera, Pontus Tiedemann, Esapeka Lappi, and have been there at least a couple of years. Um, and I I just kind of thought that he would he would remain there for another year. Um, of driving in WRC2 and, and the move would come at the end of next year, but it's come a year early. Yeah, it has. It has come a year early. Um, you know, when I talked to him last, it was at the end of the, end of the Monza Rally show. Not Rally show, Monza Rally. It wasn't sure, Rally was Monza. It? Rally Monza. Rally Monza. Thanks, David. You're a detail man. I'm not a detail man. <laughs> that event in northern Italy, <laughs> where it snowed a bit. In the snow, yeah. And someone was crying well, champion. There weren't too many rallies to get confused about <laughs> no, this year. Thanks, Lise. Thank you. I am a year older, though, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of that, he made it very clear. You know, his place in rallying next year would still be in the R5 car. Still a learning year. Mm. for Oliver Solberg. And and you know what? I, I kind of just assumed it would be more of what they've done this year, partly yeah. supported by Skoda, maybe in part supported by their sponsors. Uh, and I think it's a fantastic move. I think I, I think Hyundai in some ways, I think they feel that they may be missed out on Robin Perra. I know that Robin Perra has been with uh, Toyota or the, the pre-deal deal was I d- done I d- years ago. I don't ago. get that. You know, I, no, d- I, I, I think they have, David. I, no, 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 but I, I don't know if perhaps if we're too close to it. But, you know, for me, the, the, any kind of suggestion that Kelly Robinbera was going anywhere else was, was bonkers. No, no, but it doesn't mean to say that Hyundai might not still feel they missed out on him. That's but he was point. never there to I'm miss saying, out on. Well, they missed out on signing when he was 12 years old. <laughs> you know, okay. I don't know. I don't know. But but you know, you look at it and you say, my goodness, if we could have had him, wouldn't yeah. that have been great? So you know, it's quite clear. I think it's quite clear. And George, you've seen a little bit of young Oliver Solberg. And by the way, the first time I met young Oliver Solberg, he was, I think, about seven months old, eight months old at dinner. <laughs> I had dinner with Oliver Solberg when he was eight months old. Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely. And I felt so out of place. I was sat at the top table. I think Petter had just won Rally GB and it was the, the end of your dinner. You were there, I'm sure, George, as well. Um, in some fancy hotel in Wales, and I was at the top table with David Richards, with uh, who Nick Fry, I think, was there oh. as well. Yeah, Nick, um, Nick was there. And there was, there was there uh, was there was myself. There was my boss, and there was Oliver sitting, and he was, he most was beautifully, beautifully well behaved. Most importantly, what did Oliver have for supper? Well, <laughs> seven months old. David, David, anyway. You know, I, I, I think, I think we've all seen this year that that you know, he is an exceptional talent. And I have to say, you know, we watched Robin Perra through his formative years, and he was great, and he put in these incredible times. Um, there is something a bit different about Solberg. Something a bit different, and I don't know what it is. I, I absolutely hesitate to say he's a more intelligent driver because that really is is demeaning to to uh, to Cali. But it just 
he seems more analytical, David. He seems to be able to compute things. I'm not sure. I, don't, I don't think, I, I really don't think you can make a judgment like that. What the only place well, you can make. there's a difference. What no, is the, the difference? No, the only way you can make a judgment right now is that one of them talks expansively. Right, maybe that's and, what it and, is. And you couldn't say that Calais is less analytical, I, for me, because we don't know, because he's never gone through any analysis in the way that Oliver has. That's true. You know, you talk to Oliver about, about his tyre choices in Monza and what he did in Monza, oh. and he looks so deeply. And there's, you know, there's a huge amount of his father and Penilla, his mother, in there. And, you know, the whole family history in Looks there. Looks like his mum. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's that ability to then communicate what his thoughts are and, what, and everything. Kelly's got no real interest in doing that. That's and we can't condemn point. him for that at all. No, no, we can't. And I'm not um, condemning. I'm just saying there is a difference. And you have, because that's because you're that sort of person. I think you're more, you look at that side of things better than I do. I just see the superficial. <laughs> but, um, but, but you know, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. I think I think he is, and maybe that is the only difference. So are we are we looking at a difference in terms of their performance, we, where they're at in their careers? If, or I, is it very similar? You know, I, sp- I spoke to Andrea Adamo about this, about the the young drivers that they've got for for next year, and he put it absolutely brilliantly, as he always does. Uh, and he said he sees two drivers in in Oliver Solberg and Yari Huttonen. Uh, he sees. Um, Oliver, and it, this is always, as is everything historically with Andrea, it's in Lancia terms. He sees Oliver as Didier Oriol and uh, Houtonen as Juha Kankinen. Uh And George, you'll know better than any of us, but you know, Didier always had time for the media, always had a smile on his face. Both unbelievably quick and brilliant drivers, and I think it's more of a comment on perhaps their character and their perso- persona rather than their ability behind the wheel. But that's tr- that's the way they are coming from, and there's definitely an element with Kank- with um, Calais that he's more he's a Finn, mm. you know, and he's and he's he's an old spec Finn, you know, he's not a Mikko Hervonen or a Yari Matti Lapla. He is a kind of Kankanen or a, that kind of guy that is just keeps himself to himself, stays quiet, and just gets in the car and drives. I, I I can sort of agree with you there. I've not really worked enough with 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 Cali to 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 um, to be able to comment a hundred percent on it. But yeah, on on the face of it, hundred um, percent. It, it's always interesting when these young guys come up because we, you know we've had we've had uh, a, a number come up uh, over the last two or three years and they're the latest greatest thing, and then two mm. years later they've not got a drive anymore. You know, and and that's hey. Esa Pekka away without a drive, and he was. Yeah. She was the shining, the shining, uh, the great shining hope for Finland, and now without a drive, which which just upsets me massively. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, uh, just going back to 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 your initial analogy, you made me you made me reminisce for a second or two about Didi and Juha. Fantastic. I'll put the kettle on. The same team. I'll put yeah. the kettle on. <laughs> can, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start. I'm not gonna start. But I did get a. I did get a lovely warm glow through me when when you said that. I thought, Craigie, we had some fun with those guys. We really yeah. did. Um, no, it was, it was uh, pretty pretty amazing. Absolutely. But you know, we we talked. Colin, you and I have talked about this. We've all talked about this a lot. You know, where was 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 Oliver's greatest um, drive this year? And and for me, you know, Monza was superb. But Petter, his father, thinks that Rome, where he drove on tarmac, pure tarmac, for the first time, and finished third 
Uh, and did you know just this is the point that you know we're not having these great spikes of a massive result and then a huge crash and a you know and yeah. you, and you look back to last year you know when he was in America and we can't okay America is is America in terms of the American Rally Association it's not a super competitive championship obviously it is the birthplace and the home of rallying obviously isn't it Colin uh, yes centered, on the, centered the, on the which course in, in on Seattle the, which is, is that the East Coast the West Coast, coast. West Coast. never eat shredded wheat West West, West Coast yeah, yeah. West Coast. <laughs> Um, oh dear, oh dear, so, oh dear. Run that so one by me again. <laughs> never eat did we? Never. I just like to point out this wheat. is David trying to work out which way is west. Yeah. Or you could east. also have naughty elephant squirt water. <laughs> you heard that one? Oh my lord! <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> when 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 senior when, staff writer. <laughs> <laughs> when when he when he was in in America last year, driving, you know what is. <laughs> It's not an easy car to get in and drive. You talk to David Higgins about these WRX, these open-class cars. They're knocking on the door of 400 horsepower with some proper aero. And he was in there, and he was I think he was second on his first ever rally. He won mm. the Dirtfish Olympus rally, his second event in one of those cars. And then he won two or three times again. And, you know, to, to get into a car like that and drive at that speed was sensational. Also, the other big thing that Oliver did... For me, and it's a nothing, you know, we all love it, but it's a nothing event in terms of competition. Goodwood Festival of Speed, when we Wolf saw him enormous. in that yeah. 600 horsepower, you Wolf. know, regardless of, of the arena or yeah. the road or whatever, just to take those corners at that speed with the car at those angles and think nothing of it. But, but he, And here's the thing, you know, that, that event uh, was attended by the great and the good of world motorsport. It yeah. was watched by the great and the good. And the person they were all talking about at the end of that weekend was yeah. Oliver Solberg. Who was the great and the good caller? I'm quite interested. Well, oh, in George, uh, George, I don't know. They come from some sport called F1, I think. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but but, but apparently, right. yeah, apparently. Um, but he, here's the thing, David. You, you talked about this this steady rise. I, I'll tell you where I think there was a seminal moment, mm. and I think it was the end of last year and the start of this year. He had an enormously disappointing rally GB. He then yeah. had quite a disappointing Monte, Monte Carlo, yeah. and he. He, he slightly, I think he was just slightly wounded by those mm. two events. In the, and then Sweden didn't go to, I mean, he had a puncture late on. He was yeah. he was knocking on the, the door the, again the, at the front, was that but it wasn't. Period. There was that period where it could have gone one of two ways. He, mm. he could have absolutely, it could have collapsed. And, and it, and it was Another mistake happening. in Mexico? Remember absolutely, he, he, yeah. He, it was, or was it a puncture? I can't no, remember. Uh, he had all, Mexico was, was full of problems for them. They, they, they had all sorts of issues. But, you know, it could have gone one of two ways, and it has happened. Drivers have just disappeared after mm. those sorts of disappointments. But he regrouped. He used the time with, with the, the layoff that we had. He regrouped, clearly spent a lot of time talking with his dad and, and doing whatever youngsters do. Running the Solberg World Cup online? Yeah, should, absolutely. Should they did all of those con? things. Should we talk about all... gaming? Do you want to talk about Ver? Go away. <laughs> what, what is gaming? Gaming is what? Playing soccer? What, what is really gaming? showing your aid now. Thanks, Lisa. Um, but he regrouped. He came back, and as you say, you know, the Rally de Roma was the first big event back. Mm. You know, who am I to argue with, with Peter Solberg? But I, I would say, from my point of view, from, from a, a very much an outsider's point of view, his best event without any, without any question was Monza. Without mm. any question. Um, that you know, decision so, on, the, on the Saturday night oh. not to chase Mickelson when he was yeah. only 14 seconds behind him. You know, the speed that he'd shown through Saturday to make all the time back yeah. on Andreas. Yeah. Uh, and then to, but then to have the presence of mind to say no. I'm sitting in seventh overall. I'm not going to risk it. Yeah. You know. No, I'm... But, but for me, the Saturday was the big day. You know, the mm. Saturday was the day where where experience came to play, and and he doesn't have that experience, but he adapted, he learned, he coped with those conditions. 
you said there were a couple of stage times there which were just phenomenal. Yes, Rally de Roma was good. The depth of competition wasn't in Rome. You know, mm. there really wasn't the depth of no. competition. There was massive depth of competition in Monza. You know, it was the, the, the largest R5 field I think we've ever seen in the championship. And it was quality drivers. There was a, we, you've got to remember, every time we go to Italy, you know, you're coming up against a, a massive number of, of very, very, very competitive locals, mm. you know, who know the roads like the back of their hands. And he absolutely blew them all away. I think Oliver Solberg is, is a great, great signing. Here is my question, and George, uh, you, will, you will maybe have a little bit more insight into this. Uh, my question is, Petter has been so absolutely central and instrumental in the development of Oliver's career so far. How is Petter going to work effectively within the Hyundai setup underneath Adamo? You've got two massive, massive characters there. Can we see the potential for conflict and for trouble in that relationship? Will Petter have to take a slight sideways or backward step at all in all of this? What do you think, George? Well, I mean, Adamo's a, a good, tough employer. And, you know, the, the drivers are his employees. How many places uh, How many places do you go to work? You take your dad along to, 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 <laughs> to tell, the, uh, to tell the, the new employer how your son will do his job. You know, just to put an Very analogy on it. it. It's I mean, it, this used to this was one of the big things when I worked with Uwe Anderson. He didn't like family along in his workplace. He didn't bring them himself, and we had we had we had a blanket ban on any of the team members, at least bringing wives and girlfriends, and and wives and girlfriends from the drivers of, and uh, were were um, better than tolerated, of course, but. Uh, um, they they weren't uh, they didn't have a they didn't have a front seat window within the team. Of course, the the rallying at that time was was more mobile. We were only just starting to come to the central services, but we, you know there was no massive facilities to be able to accommodate people like that. So you know people could come along, but they would go out and watch on the stages. They would come in and have a coffee, but you know at the service points as well, the the drivers we had the Yuhas, the 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 Carlos's, the Didies, very focused on their job. No no time to sit there and chew the fat with the. Uh, with their mates or their friends or somebody else to, to decide how to how to uh, manage it, and I mean the, the closest interference that you got in a team was from a gravel crew, which were prevalent on all rallies, gravel and asphalt, and uh, we worked very very hard to make sure that those teams worked within the team's constraints. You know those those gravel crews worked within the team's constraints because very often that you know all of a sudden they'd be phoning up the driver saying. Oh, it's raining up here on the top. You need wets. Well, actually, hang on a second. We've got a whole mechanism in place. We've got professional weather forecasts. We've got established people uh, figuring out how much of the stage is wet and how much is dry. Uh, what what the best options are regarding our car setup uh, with the tire combination. And all of a sudden, you've got somebody without any without any of that that vision and without any of that collateral trying to influence uh, a team, you know, a, a team's decision. And, you know, I mean, I, I, you can think back to a couple of a couple of instances, you know, when, when Colin McRae drove the Citroen um, uh, in Turkey, that year he drove in Turkey and he, he made mm. a tire decision on the last day based on his gravel crew input rather than uh, rather than Citroen's input. Now, Citroen had, you know, by that time, were having incredible results with Sebastian Loeb. Was it one of the events that Sebastian Loeb missed because of an injury? I think Colin was drafted in, and yeah, all of a sudden, what was that? all of a sudden, I, I, sorry, I was, I was that the moment where he broke his arm? 
Yeah, this I was in so. in the uh, in the so. Cronus yeah. car, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah. two thousand and six. Yeah. Yeah. Aye. So you know why 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 would why would you go against all that collateral? But but mm. they did, and, and that's the risk with bringing in you know a, a manager that that decides what your what what your driver is going to do, and from the manager's point of view, in this case, it's it's Petter. You know, he's he's in charge of making sure um, it, it, his son's. All, Oliver's career goes the correct way, and he doesn't do anything silly, and he he he, he doesn't he, he gets the best for his for his son. But the same just token, a, just a, the can't... team is paying for him to to, yeah. to give performances, and that might those things can quite often be at odds. But Petter Petter knows these things; he's been he's experienced yeah. them. I mean, whether I mean, and I'm sure he's got the personality these days to absorb that and understand it. And you absolutely just to, just to counter one of those points there, George, yeah. that. Um, yeah. You're absolutely right, and that's brilliant, fabulous insight. Uh, you know that none of us would ever have considered on the on the gravel crew side, but it just made me remember one time where you were dead wrong, and when <laughs> when, when was it when Ogier went out on Monty, and he he either took a brilliant tire choice in in the right direction or the wrong direction, and it was his, his I think he'd gone against his father or he'd gone with his father, who was out in the stage of somewhere and had phoned him. Uh, but I can't remember for the life of me, but it was one time when he either did or didn't listen to his father and he, and he really um, should have done. This is quite a really good story. It's David, David, all those types of decisions, they're a numbers game. And, you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's straightforward odds. When you're making those decisions about what the weather will do and what the best tyre choice is, it's a numbers game. If you've really done yeah, your yeah. homework and you've got all the science and all the all the collateral... You can maybe get it right about eight times out of ten. Yeah. Maybe yeah. just seven times out of ten. Yeah. Of course, somebody can come along and sit up on the hillside and say, "Well, I can see it's yeah. going to be gorgeous sunshine here," and and you've 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 stuck to your your strategy, where your strategy will ensure that seven times out of ten you will be mm. correct. Yeah. You start to take yeah, those you odds, you'll get it. one hit. Your odds will drop down to two or three times out of ten that you'll be dead right. And then yeah. the other seven times you'll be vastly wrong. So, so here's the so deal, George. You've got to play the odds. You've got to play yeah. the professional game with all the professionals involved. So it's 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 very much for for me. It's it's very much it's it's just part of the growing up process, isn't it? You know, and we've all been there, um, or more or less. You know, you're at home with your parents, and your These parents ultimately, yeah, your parents ultimately make the decisions. <laughs> some others, your parents ultimately <laughs> make the decisions, and you defer to your parents. But at some point. You do, you do grow up. You do become but, a big boy or a big girl. You move to, and you have a boss, and you you have to actually then defer to your boss, and that is really what we're saying here is that but, Oliver, David, go ahead, but, go ahead. But, just, uh, but again, you you're know, we, we, make sure it's we, a good point, not like we, the last one, which was just. Was I'm still trying to work the last one out. Completely relying on you there. If only I had a colleague with a better memory, <laughs> then you would have remembered that. I think that. I know where you were, but but anyway, so, go ahead. So anyway, let's let's go back to Adamo, and let's you know we've talked endlessly with him about you know his own youth and and he was a guy who you know in his own words he left the family home in Cuneo at 18 went to work in in Lancia and went to work to, to the to the university and stuff he is somebody you know again he said he wants to see Solberg fly the nest now you know there will be one boss at Hyundai I think it's enormously naive on your part to think that Peter Solberg can go in there and have influence over, you know, we talked earlier about is Tommy an autocratic leader? No, he's not. But Andrea Adamo, one hundred percent, that's his I team. I put the question out there. There was nothing. <laughs> it was a ridiculous about question. Well, well, it might have been, but you helped Petter, answer it with a ridiculous Petter. answer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Peter will sit 
in 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 the hospitality area they'll have their table just like we've seen yeah, everybody else yeah. every other team you know there won't <laughs> there's part of me that thinks that you know Petter does have an absolute ability of course he does at developing a car you know that it went slightly awry when when in the in the latter days of Subaru but still look yeah. at what he did with those with you know with the RX cars and all of that there is a huge value in that, and potentially Hyundai could could plug into that. It's a free if, resource, free a free it, resource it, for them, it, isn't it? It is, it yeah. is. Yeah. But you know, again, that really compromises that whole question of who they employed and how. You know, if you suddenly start to say, okay, we like that these roll bar settings for Oliver, but then what does Petter think? You know, it, you begin to undermine everything yeah. that the team's doing. But, but here's the thing with Petter. Here's the thing I've noticed with him. He is, you know, hundred percent immersed in his son's career, and he. You know, he had options to go to Extreme E. He had an offer from yeah. Extreme E, and he binned that to concentrate on Oliver. Uh, what I've noticed... But he's not... I don't no, find him. Well, let me... I'm not, this, is no, this is not critical. This is actually being yeah. uh, supportive of Petter. And I agree with you. You know, Petter Solberg, much as he is is, is a, a really excitable character and all the rest, he's also a very successful and, and thoughtful business person. He knows. Mm. He knows what he's got to do in this relationship. But one thing that's really impressed me with Petter, and, he, and he's told me off a couple of times for it, yeah, I remember we were at Sweetland. Were you at Sweetland that time? You were, mm. when Oliver was testing. And we were talking to Petter. I think it was about a year and a half ago, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, and I said to Petter, you know, how much input do you have into his driving style? And he looked at me quite flabbergasted. Mm. Nothing. Absolutely. Mm. And he was firm as you like. Well, it was like, what a stupid question that is. Mm. You know, he can drive a car. And, he, and I was like, so, so, you know, what is it? That, where does your experience come? Pace notes. Yeah, pace yeah. notes, pace yeah. notes, pace notes. Yeah. And and a lot of what Petter, yes, he'll give him advice on setup and all the rest, but ultimately, where he's telling him to do things, telling him, mm. it's about the pace notes and the learning and the effort that goes into the pace notes. The rest of it, he lets Oliver get on with. He lets mm. Oliver work his way through that learning process. And he's that's where you know we have seen down the years so many fathers that are massively overbearing. You know, you go all the way back to to Akin Varnbold with with Anthony Varnbold. You know, when when. And, you know, we heard these incredible stories where the father would make the pace notes and the son would be sat in the back of the car watching his father. And it's, it was bonkers. But for me, there's two guys that, as fathers, have it right. And it, I, I'm sure there's lots of fathers out there who have it right, but it's Petter and it's Marcus. You know, you talk to Gronholm about Nicholas and, you know, there's, he doesn't kind of shove his son forward. Neither of them do. They both appreciate what they can do. But, you know, I've spoken to Petter and to Marcus on numerous occasions. You know, what if it all ends tomorrow? Then fine. You know, we'll go and play tennis. Yeah. We'll go and run the shopping centre. We'll go and do, you know, it's not the be-all and end-all. You know, they've both been world champions as fathers. They don't need their boys to be world champions as sons. You know, they just want whatever their son, whatever their, it's what every parent wants. Mm. You know, you want the best for your children. Mm. It's going to be an interesting year, that's for sure. I can't wait to see I'm it, to be honest to with you. I'm going to shuffle us on a bit, actually, yeah. because we've kind of skewed a bit more towards Pesser than Oliver there. And yep. as you say, it is going to be an interesting <laughs> year. And we've seen Monte Carlo with its maximum entry list reached long mm. before the closing date over the shortish, 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 <laughs> the, sh- <laughs> the shortest course 
for yep. a long, long time. Ever. Still, ever still looks like Monty to me. Ever. It in, is in, ever. In, in, in its, its modern ever. form, it still looks like a good Monty to me, guys. It, I mean, in, fa- in fairness, it's only so it us through it. It's only 15 miles shorter than than last year, and it's simply because of the the restrictions with with coronavirus. You know, there is this. So we're uh, talking about the uh, curfew. The, exactly. That's what's affected yeah. it. Yeah. They they can't be out late into the night, so that's why we've seen the the itinerary for Thursday come forward by three hours. Traditionally, we'd go. Uh, you know, we'd always go down to Casino Square. I mean, Monty was quite a drawn-out event. We'd have a shakedown on a Wednesday. Thursday morning, the entire ser- – well, not the entire service park, but the media and the drivers and the, some of the teams would decamp down, you know, the three- or four-hour drive down to Monaco <coughs> for the, the ceremonial start. From there, you'd make your way back up through two stages um, into into Gap. Uh, and arriving in Gap at, you know, midnight or something, that can't happen this year. So they've – They'd already decided not to do the Casino Square start because logistically it is a nightmare. Um, but we were going to start out of Gap uh, late Thursday afternoon and go into the evening. That's all brought forward three hours. Uh, the run, we have got exactly the same day on Friday as we'd, as we'd expected. Saturday is shortened uh, by one stage so that we can get down into Monaco uh, earlier Um and then Sunday, obviously Sunday was hugely impacted, not by coronavirus, but by Storm Alex, uh, which demolished um, some of the bridges in, in the southern part of the Alpmara team. Um, so they'd already decided they couldn't use Torini and these kind of these kind of the places around Sospel. So they've moved further um, north in the region uh, and found, you know, I mean, but we've got to keep this in context. You know, George is dead right there that, you know, it's Monty. You know, any time that you bring in, um, Peugeot, Thénier, these incredible stages. You know, we all make a big deal, and I'm as guilty as anybody, guilty, more guilty than most, making a big deal out of Turini. It is a fantastic element of Monte Carlo, but it's not the only one. Um, and, you know, there Can are... I say something controversial? Yeah. I think Turini, it's kind of lost it a wee bit. It's lost well, we it. Haven't I think it's great almost we been all overused. And, and the, no, and we haven't had a classic... Classic Turini, have we for, for a while? That's true. We, well, a, a few, uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was, it, was it cancelled? Remember the year they couldn't actually get up to the start? Was that four or five yeah. years ago? I was up there last year on Turini, and it, and it yeah, there was still a bit of atmosphere, but it wasn't that magical atmosphere. But it's, nev- it's never going, for me, and George, you'd know far better than me, but for me, it's never going to be that classic atmosphere. You know, I, I have never been up there at midnight, but I've heard the stories of when, mm, you know, I you have, are there I have at midnight. I have been up there, yeah. I have been uh, up there. It's and, and that's that's the magic. That, that takes me back a few years to the IRC and standing at the final stop line at one in the morning. And that was magic. That yeah. was, remember the year that, I think Miko won it, didn't he? Mm. Was it Miko or was it Ogier? Wasn't uh, Ogier and Brian Bouffier as well won it yeah, one someone, year, I was it Was it Miko that someone on the on the way up to the final? Miko won it in the Fiesta, group. didn't he? Yeah, he did. The, but, but yeah, that was a bit magical. And, and yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting, the Monte Carlo rally, guys, because as it stands, if we were running the Monte Carlo rally next week, We'd be stuffed, and M Sport would be stuffed. Yeah, because we'd be completely we stuffed. We so, we, we, and it must and, be. And one big point made yeah. by once again, Steve Jones at Rallying UK makes all the right points. Said last night, you know, how does Elvin go with his test? How does all M Sport go with their test? Do you know now? when they were talking about this yesterday? You know when they were, and it was it was quite clear for, for those of you wondering what's happening. You know, Britain is being more or less uh, annexed off from the rest of in more ways than one, but because of this this new strain of this virus and. Yesterday morning, it, you know, there was almost a snowball effect with mm. various countries saying you can't come in, you can't Holland come in. Holland first, then suddenly Italy. I, I was thinking of Elvin, and I thought if I was Elvin Evans, 
I'd be getting on the first plane out of here and getting to mainland Europe. You know, get out of Britain and get into Europe so that it doesn't impact on any testing he might be doing. He mm. could be stuck in the UK now for many, many, many weeks and it could affect his pre-event build-up. I, yeah, I don't know. I really well, don't no, know. We, this we is don't the whole know. thing. We just we, don't it's know what's a, going it's on. F- as we sit here now on... As Lisa said at the top of this uh, the, of this podcast, it is the shortest day, 21st of December. It's a 48-hour <laughs> um, window, isn't it? That they've, yeah. they, oh, they've shut the window for the 48 hours. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would hope uh, you'd imagine that, you know, we're not completely isolated here. There is apparently strains of this, this other Technically mutation. We are. <laughs> we are, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But, the, you know, the, the mutation... The yeah. Mu- yeah. That's it. Oh, Flu strains God. always mutate, oh, guys. There's not. There's nothing yeah. news about any no, no, of this. No, we know that, George. We know that. But, but what's you know, really. what, you know the, re- the reaction? The reaction yeah. is yeah. what we're talking about yeah. here. Yeah. So it's, it it's what my, and the point is. The point is that that you know I, I feel and we've said this many times on the podcast. I feel for event organisers. I feel yeah. a little it's bit dreadful, for the yeah. FIA for for the promoter. It's so difficult, and they're they're absolutely doing their best. And all we have to do is keep our fingers crossed. David, you might help me on this one. I've had it on good authority from someone who's very well connected with Monaco that it's either the dates we have or it is no Monte Carlo. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's talk about perhaps Monte Carlo taking the dates of Rally Sweden. That is not an it option. Can't, no. Not an option. It's, it's either that weekend It can't because, you know, obviously there's a huge infrastructure with that event. Yeah. You know, all of the gendarmes and all of yeah. that needs to be put in place, the road closures, and you can't just lift these things up. Certainly not. And, and you know, not when you're dealing with a principality like Monaco, which... You know, it's not your average country, is it? You know, things have to be planned and, and uh, no, it can't be moved. Not in the way that, I mean, Sweden, obviously we've, we've, we've seen that Sweden's been cancelled and there's now a great deal of debate about Arctic Rally and does the Arctic Rally move? Will the Arctic Rally run? Are they going to run a second Arctic Rally? I, I suspect that's slightly easier because you're still running um, on public roads. But in a, a very remote part well, of the well, world. No, apparently not. The Arctic Rally, an, an awful lot of the Arctic Rally stages are on military roads, apparently. Really? Yes. Yes. I yes, n- they are. I you didn't know that, did you? I didn't know that. Do, do I surprise you at times? No. Listen, I have picked up that, that absolute gem of information from the oracle of everything to be trusted, Twitter. So let's, let's, let's not, let's not, let's, if I am wrong there, I do apologise, but my understanding is... Was that is, tweet, tweet from POTUS, was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my understanding is that, that, that quite, quite, quite a lot of Arctic Rally route is on military roads. Okay. So, oh, I'm disappointed. So, uh, I thought you were going to comment on, on POTUS there. Sorry. No, sorry, Georgie. <laughs> but, but interesting no, times, and, and, and listen, I have to we? say, can I, can I say one more thing? Um, yeah. A massive, massive hats off to David and the uh, the editorial team at Dirtfish. Uh, it was just incredible, David Evans, how you stayed on top of it. You broke a lot of that news. Uh, it was one of your finest days, I thought, mate. It really was. I could see the smoke coming off your pencil from Staffordshire. But, it, well, it, it, yeah, it was a great day. You know, these days occasionally... It, it was they... our WhatsApp group as well that Dave, <laughs> Colin went, do you think we can get the podcast in today? <laughs> and as a firm, no. sorry about that I may have been slightly grumpy but but there was just every now and then these days happen uh, and you can kind of wake up and think yeah what should we do today what should we write about today and then it just all happens uh, and you get a whole load of stuff and it's great and it was you know it was a very exciting day wasn't it you know Yari Matti Latvala and and Solberg and you know news on Monty these are these are Okay, the news isn't always brilliant, but, you know, news is news, and news is personally what I live for. Uh, So any busy news day is a great day for me. 
Hello. Well, that's kind of, yeah. That, that, <laughs> Not sorry, Lisa. <laughs> what do we I say was, about that? I, thought, I, was, I was just thinking you might pick up and, and say that's a good point to end things on. Well, I, I, was, I was nodding I was my head, that. honestly. So was I. <laughs> that you is were, a good point. We were all nodding to, off, actually. Uh, <laughs> to draw a line under 2020. Wow. There's so many good things about 2020, but many more bad things. So if you want to just take it, do you know how in some events you get to write off an event and mm. it doesn't count towards your final score? Well, I think 2020 can get written off in yeah. many ways for some of us. But it has actually given us a chance to see innovation pushed forward in so many ways. And I'm just thinking right back to the beginning of Spin the Rally Pod when we were speaking to people that were dealing with the front line of the COVID mm -hmm. situation. For example, the nurse that we spoke to, Colin, yeah. in New York, who was talking about working on the front line with that and how the motorsport industry was you know, working on ventilators to help people who yeah. were trying to recover from this horrendous disease. So it's been an incredible year of strangeness, but also innovation. Mm. There's, there's, been, there's, been, there's been a lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of very positive points. There's a lot of hope. There's been a lot. You know, we, 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 genuinely, and this sounds corny, but we have seen the best of people. We, we, we have, you know, I, I do remember saying during the COVID, uh, the main COVID, the first wave of COVID, that you know people just seem so much nicer, so much more respectful, so much more caring uh, than, than perhaps we'd seen in the past and, and I think that's continued on and I think that's great and, and as you say Lise, you know David and I were down at ProDrive the other day and we actually got to see that ventilator that they uh, I think it may have gone into production for parts of Africa I can't remember but it was a great effort mm. from everyone there at ProDrive and uh, you know you got a feel for we had Steve Perez on our program and, and he was he was talking about his personal experience with ventilators but he was also talking about you know, his business and, and a big part of his business is the hospitality industry. And, you know, Steve has helped out many, many others, uh, nurses, frontline workers, allowing them to stay for uh, for free in his hotels while they were closed down. And now he's struggling, but, you know, because his business is closed, he can't open for Christmas. And, uh, you know, you, you feel for these people. And, and it, as I say, we have seen the very, very best in a lot of people around us, um, Steve being very much one of them. So, I've just got to say something here. Go ahead. The, the, year, the year started quite badly for me. Um, it started with, with me <laughs> standing, standing in the French house, <laughs> staring at Colin in his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was, this was unfortunate. And it went downhill from this was, there. This was, you know, I had one of those moments, right? This, this is a true story, Lise. Uh, and George, <laughs> I, I, I bought a, a packet of, 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 of boxers, of white boxers. Three, three in the packet. Two were the correct size. One was the wrong size. One was massive, massive. They're like granny pants. Absolutely massive. Most normal and, people and, would have used and, them as a duster. And, yes. And I'd packed them and I'd put them on that morning and I thought, well, no one's going to know, are they? They looked horrendous. And unfortunately, and, and, he'd forgotten to put his long johns on, so he then decided <laughs> to take his jeans off. And put his long johns on. So, so yeah, so my, my very baggy white boxer shorts uh, made a public appearance, which was which was recorded. There's a picture doing the round somewhere. And we are making we're making a video uh, about the highlights and lowlights of the year, uh, and oh, I'm sure God. at some point that will feature. Oh, thanks. Uh, thanks so David no, but it has it, it has been quite a a remarkable year, and you know a year that actually on a on a personal level as well we shouldn't I I can't let this opportunity pass without saying a huge enormous thanks to Steve Rimmer. Uh, and to everybody at Dirtfish, to Trevor and to Justin and, and, you know, the people at 
completely put their faith in us um, in, in a year which, you know, has been unbelievably difficult for the sport. You know, I'd like to think that we've made a bit of a difference and we've we've told some stories. And, um, it, you know, it was really, really nice when we went to Estonia, the first WRC round back after lockdown, to the number of people that came up to Colin uh, and to myself and just said, you know, thank you for, for helping to get us through uh, lockdown. And that meant so much, you know, that's all we could set out to do in these very strange times and and hopefully we we achieved it so it's uh, yeah well, it's been a, an incredible David, year. David I, w- I would add my thanks to Dirtfish uh, for the fabulous uh, unbiased news we've got this year you know as, as a fanboy this is me speaking as a fanboy it's a privilege for me to to, to be allowed to make a little bit input with you guys every now and again and I, and I love that opportunity but most of all I'm just uh, I'm hanging on your every word that comes out on the website so <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you, George, and and again, thank you for the for the for the input. You know, it's 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 been it's amazing. A, it's, a, it's a pleasure. Occasionally, I say something that's sensible, <laughs> <laughs> and I keep it in as well. I don't edit it out, George. I leave it in. Yeah, Lisa, thank you for that. Yeah, Lisa, but we know <laughs> we know we know that you've got an evil cut on you <laughs> as an editor. Um, well, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's downloaded the podcast over the year. Please stay tuned. We are going to get round to that green podcast talking about electric vehicles and the future yes we will mm. and we might even talk about george's new purchase that goes like <laughs> a rocket ship apparently so uh, thank you for downloading thank you for listening dirtfish.com stay tuned because obviously even though we are going to give david a couple of days off he won't be able to resist writing one or two things and there will be plenty seasonal stuff over on the website dirtfish.com to keep you entertained throughout the years and it has been a tough year for everyone But the positive that I'm taking from this shortest day of the year is that we're turning the corner, the days are getting longer, and summer's on its way. Yeah. (laughs) Happy Christmas, everyone. Thanks, Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks, thanks, Colin, David. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Talk later.